holy anointing coming down upon us like a fresh dew. Oh my gosh, gives me chills. Good morning, beloved. I'm Jonathan Coleman, one of the pastors here at Anderson Hills Church. We are in our second week on a series of prayer. And so we are seeking together individually and corporately as a church uh, God in prayer and desiring God to move in a powerful way. And last week, Pastor John uh, shared with us about how we pray for God's protection. And prayer should be not just our last resort, but our first response to life and the situations in life. And we go to each day drawing strength and guidance, protection, in prayer. And today we're going to talk about God's power. We're going to look at the early church and how they prayed specifically for God to move and work. And the, the Bible is full of powerful signs and wonders and miracles that occurred, and all of them happened because of God acting and through God's people to draw people into relationship and transformation with the Lord. And they were means to an end. And God opened the door for the preaching of the gospel to take place all over. And God still does the same today. And he came to save us from our sins and deliver us, Jesus Christ, to deliver us from oppression and to heal. And when we pray for power, we seek to be equipped for what God calls us to do individually and collectively as the church. We seek power to walk in obedience, to overcome the evil ones and temptation, and to fulfill our purpose and calling in his kingdom. And there are times when miracles and signs and wonders begin to take place within the church and you see it all around in the ministries of the church. You should see it through God's prayers and God working. But not just when we're trying to manipulate God into what we want to do. We pray for power. We ask for a more powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And as God moves, as he pleases in our lives. Imagine for a moment just a dinner buffet where there are many tables loaded with different types of food. There's chicken, there's beef tenderloin, there's lobster, there's shrimp, there's bearnaise, there's sauces, there's garlic, mashed potatoes, there's asparagus. There's all kinds of foods just piling on these tables. They're mouth-watering foods. I just named all the foods that I really love, but they're absolutely delicious. And guests help themselves to different kinds of food as they desire. And the host is walking around making sure his, his friends to see if they have everything they need to eat and to experience and to fill, fill their bellies with that food. And you can take as many trips to those tables as long as you have enough to eat. And the host doesn't care as long as you are filled. However, sometimes there's folks that like to huddle in a, in, a, in a corner of that same room and draw from a bag of just Cheetos and decide not to go to that table. Or as C.S. Lewis says, ones choose to make mud pies in a back alley and eat those. You see, God has provided everything for abundance in our lives. And it happens if we pray. 
We can have all that we need, my friends. We can be filled. And most of us have not realized the power there is in prayer. It's because we're not asking. We're scared that if we pray for power, then a miracle doesn't immediately happen. We'll look as a fraud or people will question our faith. We've got to let go of those fears and put them aside. We're not responsible for the outcomes when we ask God for God's power. After all, if I pray for God's power and God does a miracle, I wouldn't take credit for that miracle. It is all about him doing the miracle. You see, all we have to do is reach out by faith and ask him to touch our lives, to touch our city, and to touch our nations. And when we tap into these resources by faith, by prayers, miracles begin to happen. And we begin to see change happen in people and especially in ourselves through the powerful ministry of prayer. And when we exercise our authority in prayer, God answers prayer in a very powerful way. I want to share with you a story from the book of Acts that shows how God uses a powerful miracle to empower the early church. On a side note, we're going to begin when we're going to see a man named Herod, an evil king, who was related to the same Herod who killed babies at the time of Jesus' birth. But it's not the same guy. Let's look at Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. And when he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. After arresting him, he put him in the prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison. But the church, earnestly praying, was earnestly praying to God for him. So this crazy Herod is at it again. And like the earlier Herod, he felt threatened by Jesus and his followers. And he's trying to quench, quelch the movement of the church. And Herod is a mass murderer. And he has James, James, the brother of John, killed by sword. And the Jews, they saw this execution and they gave Herod the thumbs up. And his popularity begins to go up with the people around that area. And so Herod seizes Peter, arrests him, puts him in the prison. And the early church was deeply concerned about the one who was leading them. And and Jesus said, on this rock, Peter, I will build my church. So the one who's going to build the church with God's help is in prison. And so they prayed earnestly and unceasingly for Peter's release. Now James had been executed, and now Peter was in prison. And Peter was fearing that the same would happen to him. And so, like Jesus, Herod was going to have Peter tried and executed uh, just after the Passover feast. And this prison, it was legit, folks. It was like 16 soldiers were assigned to guard Peter. Like this Roman version of a supermax prison. Roman soldiers who allowed a prisoner to escape were typically executed the same way the prisoner was going to be executed. So this early church was in danger of losing another key leader, and they felt desperate. 
And that's not a bad way to come to God in prayer, in desperation. I know there's times where I come to God in desperation and say, God, please move. God, please work. We want prayer to be our first response, though, not our last resort. But we should also learn to turn to God when we feel desperate. And so these people were saying, God, we need you to move now. We can't save Peter. But we want you to change this evil that is taking place. And we can't spread the gospel on our own strength. We need you, God, to intervene. And prayer gave power to the early church for boldness, for signs, for wonders, for miracles. And God heard them, and God answered their prayers. So buckle up. Check this out. We're going to look at what happens, God's intervention. We're going to see God show up and God show off. Acts chapter 12, verses 6 through 11. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains. And the sentry stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. And then the angel said to him, Put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison. But he had no idea what the angel was was doing was really happening. And he thought he was seeing a vision. Like Peter's in in the middle of this dream. He doesn't know if it's real. It's like in the middle of an amazing dream that we might have. And you wake up and you realize, oh man, was that real? And you're like, doggone it, it wasn't. It wasn't real. That was so good, we would say. But this isn't a dream for Peter. This is a miracle, my friends. So look at it. Verse 10. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself. They went through it. And when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly an angel left him. And then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. Wow, prayers are going up from the people and God sends an angel down to rescue Peter. The dungeon is flamed with light, engulfed with light. The angel smacks Peter and says, get up, move it, man. And Peter's chains fall off to the floor. He gets dressed and he follows this angel. He's sprung from prison. He's freed and God did it. And God can do it with you, my friends. God can do it with you as well. God, and we sing it all the time. I love that song, Break Every Chain. God can break any chain that tries to shackle. Do you believe God can deliver you from captivity, from oppression, and the numerous chains that try to shackle you, my friend? Freedom. Can you taste it? Can you, can you just imagine the freedom that God wants you to have and God desires to have those chains fall to the ground just like for Peter? And what greater prize is there living in freedom? Not just the freedom we have as Americans, but the spiritual freedom that we can happen as followers in Christ. Freedom in him and through him. 
You see, God wants us to give, give that power to live in that freedom. Jesus says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And the power of the Holy Spirit was given exactly for that reason, by faith, by obedience, by God's grace and mercy. Those shackles of sin are shattered and you become free in Christ Jesus. You see, God gives us the power to be finished with sin, my friends. And through joyful obedience to God, we can live and move and have our being in that freedom, my friends. And it's a love that quenches our, our thirst in that freedom. And it's a love that draws us and, and woos us and walks with us in that freedom, helping us to be completely free from sin. And gives us power to fight temptation as well. Will you fight in God's power to be completely free? We are no longer bound by the shackles of sin. When we pray for God's power, God bestows his power upon his people. And like Peter, those chains of oppression can fall off through God's power through prayer and the prayer given by the Holy Spirit. So let's continue. Acts chapter 12, verses 12 through 19. When this dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked on the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to the, answer the door. She was recognized. She recognized Peter's voice. She was overjoyed. She ran back without opening it. She exclaimed, Peter's at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. And when she kept insist insisting that it was so, they said, it must be an angel. But Peter kept knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. And Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet. And he described how the Lord brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said. And then he left for another place. In the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. After Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. You see, Peter in his newfound freedom goes across the city. And he goes straight away to where the Christians are praying. He knocks at the gate. And one of the Christian servants comes out. It's Rhoda. She's a servant girl. She crosses the courtyard. And she hears Peter outside the door. But she doesn't answer it. And she goes back to them. And she's like, Peter's outside the door. And they're just, their minds are blown. They're like, you're mad. Rhoda, you are mad. And meanwhile, Peter's just standing out there. Hey, it's me outside the door here. Come on, folks, open the door, open the door. And th their words are an account. They're, they're quite revealing. They open the door and they're amazed to see him. They're, they're blown away. What a candid picture that is of our praying, your praying, my praying. That we earnestly and fervently beseeching God. And then the answer finally stands at the door. Trying to get through to us. And then we're amazed. And why should we be amazed? Why aren't we amazed? 
Oh yes, we're amazed, revealing that beneath all those supposed earnestness and fervor, we had no real expectation that anything was ever going to come of it. Do you really expect anything when you pray? Do you expect anything when you pray? That's what's wrong with much of our praying. Do we expect to see God's power revealed when we pray? Do you have this pregnant expectation to see God work after you petition, especially in earnest, fervent prayer, to see God work? Almost two weeks ago, uh, many of us watched the Bengals play the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football. Halfway through the first quarter, we saw DeMar Hamlin Hamlin go into cardiac arrest in the middle of that first quarter after he made a, a tackle on T. Higgins. And while watching medical personnel do CPR on DeMar, many of the football players and the fans and the analysts, they began praying earnestly for God to intervene and heal him. Well, our own Pastor Sue Lee Jin, she knows about as much as, uh, as football as I know about speaking Korean. And she declared, after she saw this on TV, she declared miraculous healing for DeMar. I want to listen, listen to the, her testimony. Listen to her testimony. She wrote it out. Now, I'm not a football fan to begin with, but I watched the game and saw him on the ground, then started to pray. No, he can't die. Praying for God's miracle, he can't die in the Cincinnati football field. I felt like running to the hospital to pray that night, but I waited till next morning. I went to the UC hospital, and there were media people all over the place. I went to the front desk as usual, saying to the front desk, I am a pastor. I felt led to visit and pray for the football player for healing. They thought I was weird, but they led me to the patient relations department. So I explained the purpose of the visit. As I waited, I talked with another pastor from Blue Ash who was waiting to see the family. The wait was too long. I left the hospital for our staff meeting. Two days later, early in the morning, I went back to UC Hospital. I finally got a note to the family saying, we are praying for God's healing miracle for Damar Hamlin. I didn't see him personally, but they took the note to him. He was still critical and unawakened, but that afternoon, Hamlin wrote a note, did we win? Multitudes prayed. Our city pray, and God answered our prayers. You see, Sue Lee always expects the power of God to move in situation with God's people. Hear me clearly. Now, we're not, to, we're not saying that her note was causing this healing, but that God's work through millions of people who were praying. But Sue Lee is more faithful in prayer than any pastor that I know. And she can get anywhere. She wants to go through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit as well. If she wouldn't have left the hospital to attend the staff meeting that day after the accident, she probably would have walked into that room and Hamlin would have raised out of his bed and she probably would have said, now get him some food, you know? I wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't have a job with the NFL like one, in these, one of these blue tents here <laughs> on the sideline. That the NFL would draft her into being in these blue tents, healing people, healing people, healing people through the power of God. But seriously, she and others, we've been praying for a long time now. 
for Cincinnati to experience a spiritual awakening. And we're inviting other churches to participate in that. Where a canopy of prayer would spread throughout all of the hills of Cincinnati. And Sue Lee is a leader in that movement. And she's always inviting our staff and everyone to encounter and pray just for that. For spiritual awakening, for revival. You see, I believe that Anderson Hills is a lead church in this movement. To pray and to expect. Praying for the power of God to be revealed in this world. And we've seen an outpouring of God working in a way. And I believe that revival is coming to our city. So where our, 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 the people around us and our children and their friends and other people experience the transformation of God. Because that's what's going to heal our nation. Is the power and movement of Christ. Changing values. Changing the trajectory of people's lives. Changing the legacy of generations from this day forward on into the future. You see... You know, I think something's happening in the NFL. I posted on Facebook and I put NFL equals National Faith League. Because some work in there. You've seen all these players just getting on their knees. They are petitioning. And some for the very first time. You know, it was really cool. We were watching the, we were at the varsity watching the Buffalo Bills. And you know, the very first play of their game that week after. They took, the, 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 the receiver took the ball to the house on the kickoff. And it was three years and three months since that happened last. And you, remi- you might remember that DeMar Hamlin's number was number three. So here's, it's so meaningful to his teammates. Look at this video of Buffalo's Bills quarterback, Josh Allen. Let's check this out. I can't remember a play that touched me like that. I don't think in my life. So it's it's probably number one. It, it it was it was just spiritual, and I just I was going around and I just I mean I was going around with my team and saying God's real. Like you can't you can't draw that one up, write that one up any better. Um, and I, I was just told by Kevin Curran, it's been three years and three months. <sighs> Since the last kickoff return, so it's pretty cool. He said, God is real. God is real. He's moving movement, these pulsations. When we pray, when prayer goes up, God comes down and shows his power. You know, I want to cheer with, with Josh Allen and say, God is real. God is working. And God desires to be real and reveal his power to you, my friends. And I believe he desires to see things happen for his glory through you. Of letting your light shine in his love and allowing yourself to be conduit for God's power. To be bold in that request. Are you in on that? Expecting God to move in your life. In your, in your children's lives. In your friends' lives, and in your neighbors' lives, and in your job, in workplace, and in the situations specifically that you come here caring for God's power to move in you and through you. Right now, we're going to take a few minutes to open up our lives, to posture yourself however you feel led, 
to posture yourself to pray for God's power. And I want to lead you in this prayer. And I'm going to, I'm going to take some time to introduce some, some, some subjects and topics that you can pray for. And then give you some quiet time in those to, to pray with me. Let's pray together. God, we pray that your power would fill us. We open up our lives to you. We are here. We are yours. Ready to receive. And God, this morning we earnestly grab hold of your hands, oh God. That you would give us your power. Power to overcome sin. Temptation. We confess. Give us that future power. power now. God, we pray for power for boldness. Boldness to speak and to testify that you are real, that you are with us, and that you are working. Power to be instruments of your witness in this world. God, hear our prayer. God, power in our roles. Husband, wife, sister, brother, friend. Give us your power, Lord. Power in our jobs. Power to not compromise. God, we receive. There's abundance with you, O oh Lord. Fill our lives with your strength, with your might, with your ways, with power. All this we pray in the name of of the King of Kings, the Almighty One, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.